GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everybody to the Last Action Podcast. It is me, the Sphinx, and joining me in his creepy basement, as always, LPJ. Titties. <laughs> You, you, I don't know when this started, but you always <laughs> insist on coming in hot these days. And I've been not bringing him up first for a while, and I have immediately been reminded why that is. Mm, yes. And we have Hovercraft Joe with us today. Hovercraft Joe, how are you, pal? What is you, pal. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. I'll respond to almost anything. I mean, I've been called much worse, so uh, I am doing good, Sphinx. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Maybe I should actually be calling you guys uh, a vulture and hobgoblin Joe based on your, <laughs> your, your more recent um, show on the legend of retro. It's true. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Well, oh, I, I know that, you thought but... it was hilarious. <laughs> so our listeners are going to have to check out uh, legend of retro to hear that episode. Uh, but actually, before we get started on our episode today, uh, we're going to talk quickly about Patreon right now, all right? So we're just going to throw it at you right here, right now. Uh, Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media uh, is where you can go if you really enjoy our show, if you enjoy the other shows that our GameZilla uh, network provides, like The Legend of Retro, like Noobs and Dragons, like GameZilla uh, Podcast, all that good stuff. We all provide you with tons of additional content. At $1, we actually have an entirely new show for you called The State of the Zilla, which I believe all three of us have been on at some point, either talking about uh, childhood toys, me talking about music, uh, talking to anime, all sorts of different things. Just $1 a month, and you will get that extra show every single month. Uh, and at the $5 tier, all of our shows offer an additional show, Ours is called the post-credit scene, which recent topics that we have been talking about. Uh, I provided a list to these two about uh, it was the top 100 action movies of the 21st century that all three of us did not like for the most part. So it was hot garbage. (laughs) One talk there. Uh, We had an episode that we dedicated to Sean Connery uh, after his passing. Uh, And then back in the holiday uh, Halloween season, uh, we actually talked about our favorite uh, horror action movies. So if any of those things sound interesting to you, check us out on patreon.com slash gamesillamedia. And all of those are there for you to check out. And we've done it every month. Every month we've been doing the podcast. So there is a whole lot of free episodes there for you, including what all the other podcasts offer as well. Absolutely. Well said, Sphinx. All right. With that being said, boy, do we have a movie tonight, today, for you guys. Uh, 1991's Showdown in Little Tokyo. 
Didn't know this movie existed. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there right here, right now. No, that's that's I, totally fair. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I and I did. Uh, I, I this is one of those ones that I, I, I don't know. Like I'm familiar with it, and I've definitely seen some of it, but I can't 100 percent say that I've ever sat down and watched the whole thing before. Which is funny because it's basically like an hour long. <laughs> yeah, it's not long. <laughs> It's it's like it's it's an it's listed as like uh, seventy nine minutes long, but I honestly think there there's definitely like two and a half minutes of credits at the start of the movie, and I'm pretty sure there's like four to five minutes of credits at the end. So you have to subtract that from the actual length of the movie. So. The credits were very long in the beginning, which after we will share a little bit of the story about how Warner Brothers felt about this movie. May have been intentional, as we'll find out. <laughs> so, yeah, no, you know what? I have the timestamp because the actual, so the the running length of the movie with credits is an hour and 18 minutes and 17 seconds. There are two minutes and 32 seconds of credits before the movie, and then the end credits start at an hour and 15 minutes and 24 seconds in. So, <laughs> there you go. Wow. I, so, practically a 70-minute movie. <laughs> it's potentially shorter than Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which is an animated film and the shortest movie we've covered to date. Yeah. But, um... But yeah, no, and just, just yeah, I, I guess that's kind of my exposure to it. I definitely had seen some of it and knew it was a movie. And I think we had kind of tossed it around for a while. At least me and LPJ had talked about wanting to do it before. So I kind of forgot, and I'm glad that he brought it up. But. Yeah, this movie, I don't know that I've ever actually sat down and watched the whole thing front to back. But as I was watching this, I knew the whole movie front to back. <laughs> like, I don't know when I had seen all of this movie multiple times, but apparently I have because I remembered <laughs> everything in it. Like every ounce of this movie I remembered. That's There's it. not that much to remember. So. You know, that's probably part <laughs> of it. That is probably, <laughs> probably part it, of yeah, it. Yeah, a lot easier to remember. So it's one of your first uh, memories of this movie. <laughs> Well, it was on Tuesday, so <laughs> not a whole lot. But obviously looking at the 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 actor list of Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee, I knew what I was going to be in store for. So. <laughs> yeah, and it did not disappoint, did it? <laughs> did not disappoint on that end, that's for sure. Um, um, you got some numbers for us? Uh, have a great I time. do. Uh, so the release date on this is August 23rd, 1991. Uh, its budget was $8 million, and it had a gross of $2 million. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, it was only released to 140 theaters for two weeks, and then it was immediately shipped to uh, DVD or to to home video in every other market and the United States. (laughs) The, the, uh, The Rotten Tomatoes on this is 33%. But the audience score is 51%. So um, I buy that. Sure. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Uh, and then the top grossing movies of 1991, which we've obviously covered tons and tons of times. But number one, Terminator 2. Number two, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And number three, Beauty and the Beast. And then other movies we have covered. Well, I should say, <laughs> Showdown of Little Tokyo came in 142nd on the year. Oh, you found it uh, on the list? Yeah, I, I the, the list goes for a long time, but I had to scroll. It's I think it's the furthest down I might have 
ever had to scroll to find a movie. Um, but By the time he found the movie, the credits had finally yeah. ended in the beginning of the movie. Uh, it, it, uh, other movies that we have covered from 1991 are number 18, Hot Shots, number 21, The Last Boy Scout, number 27, The Rocketeer, number 29, Point Break, and number 56, the terrible Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Lionheart. Oh, come on. No, don't even do that. <laughs> LBJ claimed was better than Bloodsport. Anyways, that's a topic for a different time. Man, cheap shot right there. <laughs> it hurts a little. It hurts a little. It's it's crazy how active we have been in the early 90s. Because right? oh, yeah. I believe 1990 is our, is our most covered. And yeah. 91 sounds right up there, too. So this is movie like six or seven on the list. Yeah, so. it's, it's definitely the 90, 91, and maybe even a little bit 92 are like our most active <laughs> years for some reason. But um, And then uh, I don't know if you want to talk about the cast now, or I only have a few net worths, but we can go through the cast. I don't think, I mean, I'll let LBJ get into it because that's, I don't. Sure. You met a couple people. Well, maybe before <laughs> that, I can, we can quickly share. Uh, the movie is directed and produced by Mark Lester. Who is someone we've brought up on the show because he did Commando. Yeah. 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 And, and, and this, um, go ahead. I'll oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say after this movie and the issues that he had with Warner Brothers Studios, he kind of decided, I'm just going to do my own shit from here on out. Um, and was it that he opened up his own studio, kind of, or that he just kind of did his own production he, uh, from he, here on out? He would only make movies. Uh, that he funded himself so that he, he had complete control over him. Basically, yeah. the, pretty much the same thing Cameron does. Cameron will do whatever he wants, but he also funds his own movies for the most part so that nobody can kind of mess with him. I, I, I'm i so, <laughs> making a Mark Lester to James Cameron comparison is, there, how's is, is intense. Uh, but, <laughs> he, does the okay, same thing that, he does the same thing that John Carpenter does uh, with his movies. All right, so that's a little bit better. <laughs> uh, and the only other thing I had before the cast, just because I found it funny, uh, which w- we don't have any of the music, but I thought the music was kind of good. Was but the music, the guy, the guy has three first names. His <laughs> name is David Michael Frank. <laughs> I guess I, I wrote I wrote that down, and I guess I didn't even think about the fact that that is three first names. You are correct. You know, you know who yeah. else? You know who else has three first names? The Green Ranger, Jason David Frank. Oh, gosh. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> like, if we could just get through without you making a Power Rangers or Resident Evil reference, <laughs> that would be great. Well, wait for my Mortal Kombat reference later in this episode. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, so the cast. The opening, theme, the opening theme, though, sounded kind of like a Rush song. Do you guys kind of get that, that vibe a little bit? I feel like it had a little bit of Rush in there. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> I'm not. I don't, I don't know my rush as well as you, so I'll take um, your word for that. All right, we'll we'll talk cast now. If anyone wants to, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's thinking that. I mean, I only know two people in this movie. I, all right, I, I, know, I got Lundgren. it. Yeah, so we got I, we got Dolph Lundgren as uh, Sergeant Chris Kenner. Uh, Dolph Lundgren coming off of well, he wasn't really coming off of um, Rocky, but that was four years earlier. But uh, but yeah, he you know his career had kind of ramped up a bit. Uh, and then you got Brandon Lee, 
as a detective Johnny Murata, this is Brandon Lee's first American film. He did five others before this, but this was his first American film. And so I looking think he a little bit, three, in, three or four more after this. Yeah, it looked like he had three or four more before he dies in the crow. Um, I was looking up his IMDb though, and there's a movie that he did in 1989 that we might have to do when we really feel like a good laugh. It's called Laser Mission. Have you heard of that, LPJ? <laughs> I have heard of it. It looks very like James Bond spinoff, but everything I saw, it's, it's like horrible. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. Like, I think the Rotten Tomatoes was in the 20s for Oof. it. Yeah, it's real yeah. bad. It's not, it's not <laughs> It's but the good. reviews were saying it's it's funny bad. Like yeah. there was a quick comment about how there was an extra that showed up like twenty different times and dies like eighteen times in the they, movie. They but they covered, just make them look different every time, so you think it's someone else. It's I'll put it to you this way: it's a movie they covered on. If you know what Riff Tracks is, Riff Tracks mm-hmm. is uh, the Mystery Science Theater three thousand guys. They do like after the show ended, they do uh, they kind of did their own thing. And they did a riff tracks on laser mission. So this is one of the movies they did. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Any other people, you know, there's lots of people in this. Uh, So you got uh, (laughs) Kerry Hiroyuki Uh, Tagawa as uh, he's kind of the main bad guy. He's Yoshida. He is. Oh, I do recognize him because he's in license to kill. He's in license to kill. He's uh, he's Shang Tsung in the Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, (laughs) He's actually, he's actually an American, believe it or not. And, um, He's a really great actor. If he, uh, if you've seen him in Man in the High Castle, he's fantastic in Man in the High Castle. Uh, mm. You got Tia Carrere, uh, who is, you know, of course, Tia Carrere. She's in Wayne's World. She's in. She was in. Um, what did we just see that she was in? Oh, oh that's her. She was in True Lies. True Lies. Oh yeah, yeah. True, True Lies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so she Tia looks Carrere's different in this movie. She's really young in this. Yeah, maybe that's well, it. Well, it's only like three years before True Lies. It's not like a decade in between. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But she does look, she looked like I didn't recognize her. Well, maybe that's because they clearly used a body double a couple times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they definitely used a body double for her. <laughs> no, you, don't think, you don't think those are her boobs that we got to see in the weird spa in the middle of nowhere? Nope. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Ernie Lively's in this. Who is uh, he's Detective Nelson? He's famous for being ready, Blake Lively's father. Oh, okay. Yep. So there you go. Interesting. Uh, and um, I should bring up one more. Where is he at? Uh, Professor Toru Tanaka. <coughs> he is Sub Zero from um, <laughs> from Running Man, but he's also oh, Mortal Kombat. No, but he's also a famous wrestler whose tag team partner was. Mr. Fuji. Can I, I don't know who Mr. Fuji is. I just wanted to say at this point, I don't know what else to bring it up. I just because you just mentioned, I think it's a crime that we haven't covered the running man yet on this podcast. So I cannot believe this man. There's two movies that really, really stick in, stick in my craw. Get, get, you know, they really make me mad that we haven't done. I couldn't figure out the, the figure out the stick phrasing. What? I couldn't figure out the phrasing. <laughs> I got to think I can't think of where I was going. Dave's got movies stuck in his ass. We might need. You might need to use <laughs> one of those right up, right up the front. Come out. Come yeah. out. 
Probably some old VHSs. They're going to smell like taint a little bit. A little bit. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, yeah, it's Running Man and Demolition Man. Why have we not done those movies yet? I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll get on it. Um, Okay. Have you covered everyone you want to talk about on that cast list? Uh, Yeah, we're good. Okay. Let's, Let's do net worth real quick. I only did two. Because unlike unlike LPJ, I didn't know that many people, and Brandon Lee's dead, so I didn't. Do this. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, historically, I don't look up dead people's net worths. I mean, I think they're probably still listed. Um, okay, what do you guys think for Tia Carrere? We just did it, yeah, but five. We never that, remember. She's got that sweet, sweet Wayne's World money. Five million. I'll give her. I'll give her eight. Five million. Five million dollars, LPJ. Yeah, uh, and, mine looks still trapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Dolph Lundgren. Well, VHS is in your ass. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys Lundgren. think about Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, you can go first. Thanks. Fifteen. Uh, Thirty-five. Okay. Uh, Sphinx is closer. Eighteen million for Dolph Lundgren. So, but that's all I did. I, I'm sorry I didn't look up. The dude from Mortal Kombat. No, what about Sub Zero and? Uh... <laughs> no, he, he's dead. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I didn't. Um... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't look up that. So, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I've got our taglines. Is it is the number one tagline the tittiest movie we've ever covered? Yeah. Let's, let's, can I? I just want to put this out there before we get too far into this. Where you know, sometimes while in in the process before we record, like you know, we'll message each other about the movies, and LBJ messages us and says, "Sphinx, make sure your kids aren't anywhere around when you watch this. It's the tittiest movie we've ever watched." <laughs> and listen, I'm here to tell you, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> No, not not wrong at all. I just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to make sure you knew. I appreciate that. All right. First tagline is the tittiest movie you will ever see. No, no, it's not. Uh, The deadliest vice kingpin under the rising sun has just come to the city of angels, where two angels of death are about to make him wish he'd stayed in Japan. Oh, that's it? That's all there was? There wasn't any more to that one? I, is that even the plot? Because I didn't get that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's basically. I mean, plot. I think it kind of. <laughs> sort of. All right. The second one, um, I kind of like it, even though it's cheesy. But one's a warrior, one's the wise guy. They're two Los Angeles cops going after Japan's top mobster. Feet first. <laughs> Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of fucking feet in this movie, so <laughs> I kind of like that part of it. I the mean, feet? For, for, there's like for yeah, you're for like four minutes for four minutes straight in this movie while they're fighting. All you're seeing are just roundhouse kicks back and forth. You are that, that is like, true. It's like four solid minutes of Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren just like going back and forth, round roundhouse kicking guys. Right. And roundhouse kicks are fun to watch, so I was okay with it. But they definitely did not spice it up in any way. So no limited move set. Yes. <laughs> All right. So there, there they are. That was it. I'm actually surprised there were any yeah. since the movie was only in a hundred theaters for like a month. Yeah, and I but. suppose we should probably get into that part now, shouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this movie. So after Mark Lester made Commando, he had the idea to make this movie 
and wrote a script for it. And it was, I guess, dark and a long script, too. And um, they decided that, you know, it needed to be Warner Bros. Was like, no, you know, lighten it up a bit. So they brought in a couple other writers and they lighten it up, made it made add some humor to it and started filming. And Warner Brothers got the dailies back and they're like, oh, this is no good. Like after the first <laughs> yeah. cut, they're like, it was 90 minutes. The first cut, they're like, this is terrible. So they basically fired Mark Lester and hired somebody new to finish the movie and recut it. And yep. Mark Lester still gets credit for it. And then they had somebody else come in and recut it again to get it down to the 79 minute mark or whatever it is. And um, <clears throat> basically took out, you know, some stuff. And that was about it. Which Warner Brothers still kind of hated it because, yeah. as we mentioned, right, they really didn't release it or advertise it. And, yeah, once it was out in limited theaters, it was, like, directly to video. So they were like, fuck this movie, we're moving on. Yeah, Which, I so. mean, like, listen, I mean, obviously we have to go through the plot. We have more to cover. But, like, I <laughs> like I don't want to show too many of my cards up front. But, like, I don't understand why they would hate this movie so much. Like, like, I mean, we've covered a lot of really bad movies on this podcast. And I, I just, I'll say now, I don't think this is a really bad movie. So no, it's weird it, they would be so against this movie. And, and also, you mentioned Hovercraft Joe, it was like an $8.3 million budget, which yeah. is which is not a lot of money. And no. even in 1991, I mean... There's a whole lot more expensive projects that Warner Brothers would be working on uh, at that time frame than this little eight million dollar flick that they did. So yeah. I agree. Like why yeah, it, why they it, were so upset with this film doesn't make sense to me. I guess though there was one of the cuts. The film was going to be NC seventeen. Yeah. So they had to remove a scene. It I didn't. I couldn't. I, I can't couldn't find out what why. scene it was. Yeah, I mean, and it see, and it seems like it seems like Dolph Lundgren was pretty big at the time. Like maybe if you don't hate on this movie, and maybe if you promote it like a little bit, it seems like it's completely reasonable that you could come close to making your money back on it. Yeah, totally. I, I, I don't know. Because here's the thing that I'm going to say it from before we get through the plot of this. Whatever you want to say about this movie, I like the chemistry between Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee in this movie. I like it a lot. Like I really bought kind of like their, like their whole arc of their like partnership, the friendship in this movie. Like I, I, I don't know why, but I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed their banter and I don't know. Like I, I thought they were really good together in this movie. Like to be honest with you. I agree. Yeah. They're, our chemistry together isn't bad. I I hate Brandon Lee as an actor. I just think he's <laughs> terrible. And this movie didn't do him any favors. Yeah, uh, like his one liners are rough. <laughs> but when the two of them are talking and interacting, like I I agree. Like they sell it not so bad. Like you know, like, I, don't, I don't know how sold I am that Dolph Lundgren was raised in Japan and <laughs> knows well, all these Japanese things. You know but what? Whatever. Uh, uh, to defend that. Um, all the stuff that was in there was pretty authentic. Like, you know, I have studied a little bit of the, of like the whole Japanese. I don't know. I'm gonna, it's weird, right? I studied a little bit of it. Uh, yep. And flag, you know, or... the, the, believe it or not, the hot tub in the middle of nowhere, that's authentic <laughs> Japanese, the doors, you know, the, How about the kimono that Dolph Lundgren is fighting in for the last 20 minutes of the movie. Well, that's, it's traditional. <laughs> 
believe it or not. <laughs> Why does he put that up? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But that is that's traditional sa- that's a traditional samurai gear. And, yes, for um, a, a white six foot eight man. Well, you know, <laughs> it's blonde. he had to have it special made, clearly. Um but uh but yeah, so you know, I, I will applaud their authenticity with the Japanese, you know, with the with the Japanese touches in this. It, it did seem pretty authentic. Okay. Well, uh do we want to start rolling right into it then? Yeah, let's let's get to this plot, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Feel free, okay. anybody. Okay, so we start off, uh, believe it or not, in Little Tokyo in Los Angeles. Um, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren's like, he's scoping out like, a, I guess it's like a club or like an illegal fighting ring or something going on. Yeah. Like yeah. he's uh, he's on the roof checking it out and then he like swings in on a rope for no reason. Yeah, like, like fucking Tarzan, he comes in. <laughs> He swings in and then, but then like these other guys show up and they start uh, shooting up the place. Um, and they it, shoot the fuck out of that place. Yeah, they, they I kill. Mean, <laughs> yeah, these people are being massacred all over the place. Pretty, pretty unruly. Like they got these semi automatic weapons just fucking everyone up. Yeah, they're taking people out. Uh, Dolph chases them out to the street, and it's at this point where I have a note. It's like, wait, did Dolph just straight up jump over their car? Yes, he did. Clean jump. Like, yeah, just, he's not even running. They're just or driving the car toward him, and he just jumps completely over it. And the car looks like it's going like 20, 25 miles an hour. But he fucking makes just a clean somersault jump right <laughs> over the fucking thing. It's pretty and that just continues to operate about his day. Yeah. So we cut to the next day. Uh, Dolph is eating at some restaurant in Little Tokyo. And then all those bad guys from the night before, they happen to show up at this place where he's just eating. so happened to show up because apparently well, it is they're, they're the new gang in town or something. And they need well, to collect money from the from the girls. Well, it's, it's the Yakuza. It's the Yakuza. And, yeah. the, and, and it is Yakuza. Little Tokyo. So it's not a big place. OK, uh, so, so Dolph beats up all these guys. I do like the it, it, that in the process of like helping this lady out, he absolutely trashes her restaurant, <laughs> destroys it. I also love his demeanor because he is as calm as can be as he's fucking all of these people up, right? Like he's got no expression on his face. It's like he, he should be drinking some Japanese tea while he's fucking killing everyone <laughs> and roundhouse kicking them. Like he is so calm about it. And then that's where I believe Brandon Lee comes out. From yeah, he's like he's like walking down the street, and he sees the guy come flying through the like the window of the restaurant. Yeah, so he right. goes in, and him and uh, Dolph Lundgren are fighting for a bit, you know. But then it like turns out they're on the same side, and they're both cops. And actually, it turns out that Brandon Lee is Dolph Lundgren's new partner. Yeah, like Correct. was he supposed to meet Dolph Lundgren there? That's a great question. Well. LPJ, it's Little Tokyo, so you know he couldn't be that hard to find. Well, he is a six foot tall blonde man <laughs> in Little Tokyo. I'm pretty sure he sticks out. Can I mention real quick? Fucking Dolph Lundgren's biceps are yeah. insane. I, is like sick. we've seen a lot of action movies, but they like startled me in this he's, movie. He's Jack. He is. I Jack. He is at least as jacked in this movie as he was in Rocky Four. Like at least yeah. probably a little bit more jacked in this movie. Yeah, he is. He's he's huge. <laughs> yeah. um, 
So we get a little. I, I did kind of appreciate the little bit of joke when they're back at the police station and like he has all these ex partners because no one likes working with them. You, um, you get a little bit of a lethal weapon vibe, right? As they're walking down, yeah, yeah. You know, for sure. Hallway. And so, like, the, they bring a guy back uh, to interrogate. Uh, he notices like a tattoo that he has, and he has a flashback, a, a pretty brutal flashback to the user killing his parents. Um, and he's like, oh, this is like the Tetsunutsumi or something, which is like means the Iron Claw, which I guess is the name of the gang. And then that dude totally breaks his own neck in the interrogation room, which yeah. I thought was kind of brutal. Can um, you do that? Anyone, anyone know? Can you snap your own neck? Are you asking me to or are you asking if it's possible? No, I'm asking, <laughs> can you do it to yourself? Well, I mean, I, I, would assert, I, would, I would assume that it, well, okay, let's just say there's two things, because I think this is a note that comes up. I always feel like movies and TV shows make it seem like it's easier to break someone's neck than it probably is to with your bare hands. I mean, if you're Dolph Lundgren, maybe it's a little easier and you're that jack, but I don't know. I mean, I suppose it's probably possible to break your own neck. I feel I like, I feel like maybe it would be almost instinct of your body not to do it. You know what I mean? Like, like when when another suicide, like <laughs> stop talking. This is this is like I just got like a chill. I know, it. I know, it's weird. But you know, like other suicides, where you like stab yourself or something like that. You know, like that's you have more control over that. But like, I don't know if your muscles would would allow you to to do the deed. Which I guess I hope we never find out. Welcome back to Good Times on the Last Action Podcast. I don't know. I just, it was kind of, it was a disturbing little scene. Like, the guy, like, you know. Yeah. Kills himself, you know. So And then then the captain storms in and is all pissed at Dolph. He's like, what do you want me to do? He was already dead when we showed up. That is funny. Um, So then we're kind of introduced to Yoshida, who's the head of the Yakuza that's there. Uh, The dude that owns that illegal club at the beginning, they're killing him by they have him in a car and it's like in a junkyard and it's like the car crushing thing. And then he's like, oh, it crushes me to kill him, which I was like, yeah, that was terrible. (laughs) We don't don't need that. That was like Um, shitty James Bond level. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a party at Yoshida's house. And and I think that is. and I think it means with like is 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 she a hooker or just I someone that so. works at the club? She's she's high on math. I know that much. I don't. Well, I so think she, it's. I think she's. I think she's a hooker. Okay, so she that, works at the club. Though. I think she's a hooker that works for them. Okay, um, so she's also a friend of Tia Career in the movie. Um, she does smoke crack. Uh, she, and then like, cause they have a video of her and she's kind of like warning the club owner about the Yakuza, I think. So they don't like it. So she like smokes a crack and she starts, he starts like cutting her clothes off with a sword. And that's kind of like really weird that they're like, like they're maybe going to go to the bone zone, but instead he just cuts her head off with a sword. Yeah. That was yeah, she's crazy. She's getting, she's getting titty molested. And then all of a sudden she's just dead. Chopped right yeah. off. Which we don't, I don't think we see it. We see. I think, the, you, I think you see the beginning of it, which no, is weird. You see, her he, you see her head go flying. But yeah, you don't see true. her actually cut it. You see him actually cut it. And, and we learned that was a 15 second NC 17 edit that, could that, they be. Had to make. that actually could be. And, and what we learn is that it's, it, well, it's actually not uh, crack. They say it's this drug called ice, which, yeah, is, which like, is like meth, crystal meth. Yeah, yeah. Or it's, yeah or, so that, that's what it is. Um, and we learned a little bit about like the the hilarity that ensues between Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren because like Brandon Lee is actually like his dad's a dentist 
Uh, and, you know, he just, like, his mom made him take martial arts, you know, to, like, get in touch with his, like, Asian heritage. While Dolph Lundgren, who's a big white guy, was raised in Japan and was, like, you know, very steeped into the culture, much like our own uh, LPJ is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I did like that dynamic. Like, I like the fact that they s- kind of switched the roles on him. Yeah, it is I, unique. I, I thought it was kind of funny. Um, so they, they sink back into the club where there's, top, where there's topless sumo, topless female sumo wrestling going on. Yep. And dudes, movie ever. And dudes oh. eating sushi off naked ladies. Yep. Yes. Yes. So I want, I want all our listeners to just think of it, uh, you know, a, a pretty much a strip club where women are the tables naked and you're eating sushi off of their stuff. And then in the middle, there's a ring where there are oiled up sumo naked wrestlers. Yeah, but, but they're nor- but they're like normal size ladies. They're not like sumo wrestler size, but they they're, are, wearing, but they're, they're, they're wearing like the big like diaper things that sumo <laughs> wrestlers wear. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know as much about Japanese culture as you, LBJ. So I just call them sumo diaper things. I no, feel that, like that's okay. They do. They do. Okay. I, I don't know what it is, but they do. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and and it's at the club. Tia Carrera is like the the musical act there. She's like performing, singing a song. She's not a great singer. Do you well, think that's actually her singing? Yeah, I feel that like was, that's dumb. No, that was, that was her singing. I, I think so. Maybe she's singing in Wayne's World. Yeah. And I to do the ballroom blitz. Um, okay. So they the dolphin Brandon Lee talked to her a little bit. Some guys show up. There's another fight scene in the club. Some more. This is where we. Yeah, this is where my note is. A lot of feet used. This is (laughs) this is the roundhouse scene where for four straight minutes they're like back to back on each other, and then they just start roundhouse kicking all everybody all over the fucking place. Yeah, the fights are on the the table. Pretty solid in this. Over the bar. Yeah, I mean it's pretty sweet. Um. So they do beat up a lot lot of guys, but they end up getting caught. Uh, they take him to the back where the boss is, where Yoshida is, and that's where Dolph realizes that Yoshida is the guy that killed his parents. Um, but he doesn't kill him. They end up uh, kind of getting out of the situation. Um, and, and like Dolph Lundgren thinks that Brandon Lee is going to want to bail on him, but he's like, no, man. He's like, I want to I want to keep working with you. I want to see this through. I do like it when he's like... <laughs> When he's like, yeah, I really, he's like, they made me get a job here, but I really wanted to work at Malibu. And he's like, and I think he tells him that Malibu, like, doesn't have a police department. It's like a sheriff's department. Uh-huh. And, like, Brandon Lee's really upset about it. This is also where I wrote down, did you notice that when Dolph isn't fighting, he's always eating? Yeah, he's constantly <laughs> eating. Constantly eating in this movie. When he's driving a police car, yep. he's eating. When he's walking around, he's got well, something in Listen, listen, guys, when you're that size, your calorie intake has to be like ginormous. It's gotta be gigantic, yeah. So you gotta, he's probably got a, a bit a regiment, you know, but um, so like the bad guys are operating out of the Red Dragon Brewery in uh, Little Tokyo and they're like, I, I don't know how well this plan would work because like it just seems like it's not like they're just like, well, we're gonna put this drug, the ice, we're just gonna put it in the bottles and then ship the bottles as if, like, there's no kind of system to check what breweries are putting out or sending around. But luckily, they brought together all the stereotypical drug dealers that exist in L.A. Oh, to yeah. show up. 
It was like, oh, the Gringos and the Blacks <laughs> and like the Hell's Angels. Like every race and their stereotype of drug dealer shows up at this brewery. And then the one Hell's Angel guy gives lip. And I can't remember, does he get killed or does he, he just, just get like he just, he just, he arm chopped off? off. That's right, he cuts his hand off. Yeah, that was like, it. Yeah, but I, I also would like to say that I like their operation is like, it's just like a gigantic conveyor belt. Yeah, but like not like a not like a long one. It's like wide. It's like a wide conveyor belt, and the the ice, the drugs are just on it. And it's like, is that the most efficient way to put these in the bottle? It doesn't really seem like it. But I feel like all you need is like two people on either side of the conveyor belt to just (laughs) drop them in the bottle. Yeah, I also wrote down this. This this is the good line here from from the boss. He says, "Now you have one hand left to wipe your ass with." Because apparently people use two hands to wipe their ass. I I only use one, but I, w- I would like to take back a second. So to clarify, you asked us if he killed the guy or not, but you wrote down that he had the line about wiping his ass. Did you think he said that to a dead guy? <laughs> I, would would that have surprised you? Yeah, all right, that's fair. Um, <laughs> so then the, then this movie gets uh, it gets unnecessarily gross for a minute because. Like, Yoshida basically forces himself on Tia Carrera and shows her the video of him murdering the yeah, other girl. It gets real he, weird. He's got the movie on standby. Like, yeah. like what the fuck? He gets, he got super dark. <laughs> like, really yeah, I'm dark. like, yeah, this is, uh, ugh. so, anyways. So she's, ready to, she's ready to kill herself. Well, yeah, because Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee, they're staking out Yoshida's place, and they see that she's there, and she's basically ready to, like, Commit like ritual suicide. Ritual suicide Dolph, yeah. Dolph Lundgren recognizes it, so he goes into the house and like takes out a bunch of dudes and like, like a ends bunch up. of dudes by himself. Uh-huh. There's like nine or ten guys in there, and he just they are shooting the shit out of like the whatever area he's in, and do not hit him at all. No. Well, and, and he's got John Wick level aim because oh, yeah. he's fucking them all up with one shot. Well, uh, okay, so he stops Tia Carrera from killing herself, and they're going to leave. I should mention that they go out the front door, and then he casually flips the car over so they can hide behind it. He just, like, just, like, lifts it up like you or I would lift up, like, a folding chair, and he does it so they can hide behind it. It worked, hey, it worked. That was... That was insane. Yeah, he just, like, it's so casual. Like, let me just flip this car over, and it's like... It's a classic car, like, 1960s, 1970s. looks like a Pontiac Bonneville or something. That car is made out of fucking steel. It's not like the cheap shit today. Oh, that's no. That's a heavy-ass car. Yeah, that's a, that's a you know, a, a ton-and-a-half car. Yeah. So they escape. Um, he meets back up with Brandon Lee, and then we get a fight in a Japanese bathhouse. That's <laughs> the, the scene is fucking weird. So weird. Everyone... Everyone's in the sumo thongs, and yeah. then there's more tits from from the couple of chicks that are there, yeah. briefly, and 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 Dolph has to fight the blubber guy, the, the, the fat ass in the in the outfit, but not not sumo fat, just fat, you know, like just kind of blubbery. And I feel like it's weird, and maybe someone can help me out. But there's probably not a good definition, but there's like a like a fire hose. <laughs> yeah, I, like, what? Like the, and fire, the fire hose, hose is the one thing that can stop Dolph. Yeah, well, yeah, they spray, spray him with the fire hose, and it like knocks him down. And then when he's yeah. fighting with the giant guy, like he stabs that guy in the gut. 
But like that apparently isn't enough to kill him because he comes back and then he takes that hose and he like shoves it in his mouth. I'm like, man, this hose is really coming into play in this fight. Dude, if that hose, so here's the deal. If that hose was powerful enough to knock Dolph Lundgren down, if he stuck it in that guy's mouth, it would have (laughs) blown out the back of his throat. Well, I think it's implied that it did. That guy dies. And that that little bath was just covered in blood. Oh, it was filled with blood. So, so such a weird such a weird because i i can't get over that scene it was just everyone is so bizarre looking at it and then yeah there's a fucking fire hose that, that knocks down Dolph lundgren and yes. such a weird scene anyway and brandon uh, lee is also kicking ass in the corner so yeah so after that, they, they decide that they need to get out of town because the bad guys are kind of on their tails. So they go uh, and, it, and like Dolph Lundgren has this really big like Japanese style cabin that he built like in the woods that they, they go to. It's really nice. I mean, it's a nice yeah, place. It looks super nice. Um, so that's where the, the hot tub in the middle of nowhere that uh, Sphinx is talking about. That's where uh, he's kind of taking a soak and Tia Career comes out to visit him. And that's Tia, where... You mean Tia, like, Kray, she, Tia Kray's body double comes in and takes yeah, a soak When she takes off her robe and it's like, it, I have the, it's the most obvious bottle, body double ever. It's like completely different hair. <laughs> it's like a different color skin too. Like it's a lighter brown. <laughs> it's like, they are definitely not trying so then, uh, then we, then they, then uh, Tia Carrere and uh, Dolph Lundgren go to the Bone Zone, uh, and it's definitely still a body double in this scene. Yeah. Don't know if it's the same one, but it's definitely still a body double. How does those walls do you know are made been, of Do you know what would have been awesome? Do you know what would have been awesome if Dolph Lundgren said to her, "Now I'm going to break you." <laughs> wow. uh, and I and I don't know exactly um, why I have this written. Because I sometimes I write notes and then I don't think the context. But I think it's something Brandon Lee says to Dolph Rungan afterwards because he says that I heard you coming. Yes, <laughs> I <wrote that> down. <laughs> but I don't remember the exact the exact uh, contact uh, context. Also, so the bad guys show up and are about to like uh, hold, hold attack. On. Hold on, are we just going to gloss over what he says to him? Well, I was about to say. All that. right, go ahead. Because they they show that the bad guys are coming in, and that's when uh, Brandon Lee says to him, he's like. You have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. No, he, he goes, was she scared? <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> you have the biggest dick I have ever seen on a man. <laughs> was I she mean, frightened? It was a funny line. I, it was, I, it I, was I, very I, funny. I'm surprised Brandon Lee didn't join in on the sexcapade after that comment. Like, he, I, It sounds like he's upset he missed out, so... So we should say too the bad guys are showing up and Dolph Lundgren opens up like, so like this closet is just full of like all these ninja weapons. Yeah. So the bad guys are coming in the house and he's like throwing ninja stars. And I think he has like a, a crossbow that he's using. <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty great. Um, but they end up having to give up because like they the bad guys are like, well, okay, we'll just come in the back door and take two. <laughs> It was really easy how they ended up yeah. like finalizing, like ending this fight. They're like, They're you like, know what? Oh, shit, it was a back door. He's like, hey guys, these walls are made of paper. Let's just cut them. <laughs> yeah. So they they end up surrendering, um, and then you get that scene where like they, they take him back to the junkyard, and Yoshida's uh, torturing him. He's got like um like he's like electrocuting him, but then like for some reason, <laughs> it was so funny. It's a funny scene, but I don't understand why then Yoshida's like, all right, well, I'm just going to go leave. 
I'm going to leave the room where you're being tortured and watch you being tortured on a TV <laughs> sitting in a car. And then they then they start escaping, and it's clear that they're escaping, and he's watching it on the TV. But he doesn't do anything. Yeah. He doesn't have to run in there to stop him. He just keeps watching it on the TV. So it was very confusing to me. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it doesn't make any because it's like the, the guy that's left there to electrocute them is this little pudgy guy. So when Dolph has his chance to rip the, the his arm off, he just like grabs his head and just puts him onto Brandon Lee's table, with which he just you know electrocutes himself to death. I just it's it's hilarious because again it, it goes back to like a lethal weapon reference. Like like Mel Gibson sells him getting electrocuted pretty yeah. well. These these two, I, I think the director just said, All right, shake like you're dancing. It's so horrible. Um so uh. they they escape, but then they get recaptured again. And they put him in the car crusher, and you're like, oh, they're going to crush him like he did at the beginning of the movie. But it's like, no, they take a hilo, and they move him to a different part of the junkyard where there's Why a would different you do that? <laughs> and All you had to like, do was crush the fucking car. This one's kind of like, it's a big conveyor belt, and it goes to like a grinder where it like yeah, grinds up the car. Yeah, like a car shredder. So yeah, I don't, I don't understand why they're like, well, we, we can't crush them. We got to move them over to this giant thing. And the funny thing is, too, is they end up getting out of it, but somehow no one sees it. <laughs> yeah, it's because, like because they're all watching it too. So you're all watching the car, so it gets destroyed, but you somehow don't catch the six foot eight <laughs> white guy get out. Yeah. Okay. So they, the bad guys all think they're dead. So they go to conduct the rest of the business. Uh, Dolph and Brandon Lee get ready to infiltrate. That's when he puts on his. My note says Dolph's outfit is ridiculous. He puts on, <laughs> like like uh, when, when this episode comes out, we need to try and find like a still frame to post of his outfit because I really we're not doing it justice. We're not. It. So here's another confusion thing. They're uh, confusing to me. They're going to have the final showdown. They go into the Red Dragon Brewery. Why do they steal that Red Dragon Brewery truck to just drive it through the gate? They don't sneak. They don't. It's not like they're like, hey, let's get the truck and then we'll drive in and they'll think that we're supposed to be here. They just get the truck and then drive it through the gate. It's like you could have done that with any car. I don't know. And then and then I love, too, how like I was expecting that when they then drove through the factory that the car would still be maybe somewhat like on its four on its four tires. Instead, the car like completely flips over and crashes horrifically. But the two of them come out completely unscathed. Like, yeah, we just burst through a building and the truck flipped over. But we're fine. Let's go kick some ass. Yeah, they jump out. They both have like big machine guns, and they're just like they kill a lot of dudes. Everybody down. They murder a lot of guys. Um, uh, Brandon Lee has like a showdown with like kind of like the second in command guy where yep. they're they're fighting. Um, while well, he's reading, while well, he's reading the Miranda rights during the fight, and then when he right. finally kills him, he goes, "You have the right to be dead." That's, yeah, that's <laughs> fucking terrible. That was terrible. Um, so Dolph and um, Dolph's like chasing Yoshida. They end up. <laughs> Jesus. So they end up in the middle of this like parade 
in Little Tokyo. And there's guys riding around on horses with real swords because they both get swords. And they have this huge sword fight where everyone's watching. Like, everyone seems to be into it. Everyone kind of gets around in a circle. So, okay, let me try to describe this. Dolph ends up but winning. Even before, even before the fight, though, he fucking gets shot in the chest by Yushuka. And Yoshida. Yoshida, Yoshida. Sorry. Yoshida. And he's he's hurt for like maybe 10 seconds and then he's ready to go. I mean, you can see the fucking bullet wound like <laughs> what looks like his his heart. But yeah, when you're no, when, when you're, when you're on that right. When you're on that many steroids, you probably can't feel it. So. Yeah, his, his, he's so jacked the bullet just only like it only penetrated the first few layers of skin. I mean, if it, if they wanted to have him like get shot in the shoulder or the arm or maybe the side, sure. The dude shoots him in the heart, and he's like, "Fuck, I'm ready to the, the samurai fight this bitch. You don't <laughs> shoot me in the heart and get away with it." He's a tough dude. Um, so let me let me try and and I might need some help, but let me try and describe this. So he ends up winning the sword fight, right? This is what my note says. Okay, and then maybe you guys can help fill them. My note says Dolph wins. Impales him on a wheel that starts spinning <laughs> and shooting fireworks, then blows up for some reason. Yeah. Is that, that's, is that, what, is that what happens? Like, that's yeah. what my note says. Well, he doesn't really get impaled, though, because the editing is so poor that when he tries to shove him into the spinner, he's clearly not even half onto the spinner. But then when they show it again, he's clearly centered into the spinner. Like, I, I and then. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm going to say, what firework display spins around so that it shoots into a crowd? (laughs) Aren't fireworks supposed to shoot up into the air? Because this one is going around in a circle hitting everybody. Because I think, like, I think, like, picture it to the audience. Picture it as, like, you know, like, in those movies where they put, like, a guy, like, someone's going to throw knives at someone, and they put them on, like, a wheel, and they spin it, and they're spinning. So picture... Yoshida's like dead on this, but there's fireworks on the end, like on the sides of the wheel, and they're going off. <laughs> it's spinning around, and, and, and it keeps going, going faster and faster. By yeah, the way. he's like dying in agony, and then the whole thing eventually just. <laughs> yeah, and we don't mean sparklers. Like these are legit fireworks going yeah. off on this thing. These are like they, yeah. they might as well be jet engines at this at that point. <laughs> So, and he dies, and they walk away, and the, the other cop cars show up, and that's it. That's the end. Or an uh, hour and 15 minutes in, and the credits roll. That's it. Yep. So, yeah, that's that's showdown in Little Tokyo, guys. It's very concise, because the movie is very concise. It's true. And I would like to say, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but I now own this movie. Yes. Because <laughs> it was, it was three ninety nine to rent. Or four ninety nine to buy, and basically my rule is like if it's less than you know like three dollars more to just own it, I'm just gonna buy it. So I did the no, same thing. Yeah. My, my rule is if it's less than double the rental, I'll just buy it. Yeah, yeah. that's what I did too. I bought it, and you know what? I'm happy I did. Totally worth the buy. I mean, yeah, um, yeah five only- bucks. Yeah. Give me that. Do you, uh, I don't really have a lot of other facts. Did anyone, I don't know if anyone caught this or if anyone wants to try and guess what the uh, body count in this movie was. 58. Yeah, it was. You must have looked it up. I can't believe you did because there was only like 10 facts listed for this movie and that was one of them. So, yep. yes. 
Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else you guys have There's for this. There's really not a lot. Um, th- there are some 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 newer reviews of this that have. Um, it's kind of become a cult classic. This movie uh, over time, kind of in the same way that like Big Trouble, not not to the same extent, but something like Big Trouble in Little China has kind of become a cult classic or. You know. Well, I, I've read that it's become more of a cult classic because of Brandon Lee, yeah, right? That's like how the it death started. of Brandon Lee and the you know while he was filming The Crow led to a lot of people wanting to catch all of his movies that he did before yeah. he died. Yep. So oh, I, I imagine we'll do Rapid Fire at some point. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, have you? I, I've never seen Rapid Fire. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, I see. I have never seen it all the way through. I've seen parts of it, and the parts that I saw are good. I mean, granted, you know, it's still Brandon Lee. His acting's not tremendous. But um, the parts I've seen were, were pretty cool. I mean, it was a it's a it's a classic action film. Okay. Yeah, because that's what like you know like uh, Amazon is always like you might also like to watch this or other people and on the bottom and like the first one when I was watching this was uh, Rapid, Rapid Fire. Fire and I was like oh okay yeah I, I would say of his action films that's the one he's probably most known for is Rapid Fire. Um, this is kind oh, of like, <laughs> yes. I have a feeling I, you know, because you know, throughout the the week, you know, I mean, people know I do the podcast, and they'll be like, "Oh, like, well, what?" Or I'll be like, "Hey, we're recording tonight." And they're like, "What movies are you doing?" And I'm like, "Show out Little Tokyo." And people are like, "What?" <laughs> and there was only one person I told who was familiar and had seen this movie. LBJ, can you guess who it was? It was probably Dave. It was 100 Dave. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, he's like, that's a pretty good movie." Yeah. <laughs> I just looked up a quick pop quiz for you. All right. How many direct-to-video movies has Dolph Lundgren done? Ugh. It's a lot. I mean, because he, he has not stopped working at all. So it's, it's probably... 30. No, it's probably more than that because he makes a couple a year. I'm going to say... It's kind I'm going to say 60. It is fifty-two movies yeah. direct to video. Jesus, yeah, he, that's a lot of fun. He does not stop working. Good for him. Yeah. His net worth is only fifteen million, dude. To make them for peanuts, how much? How much money do you think they're, they're going to pay him for making direct to video movies? That's fair enough. I think he started the Kindergarten Cop two, didn't he? I, yes, he did. Uh, I can see it right here, two thousand sixteen. There you go. Nice. There you nice. go. <laughs> All right, so we want to write this thing? Yeah. All right. All right, who uh, wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. Um, <laughs> I really, I, I got to say, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I mean, for what it is. It's, 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 it's a short movie, and obviously it has a lot of flaws, but, like, just for like a fun action movie, like I, I enjoyed the action sequences. Uh, I en- enjoyed all the feet kicking. <laughs> like I like the chemistry between Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee. It, it's it's kind of it, it's like you can kind of turn your brain off and just watch it, and it's fun and it's not long. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this three machine guns. I really did enjoy it. Yeah, I'll go next. I I agree. It's like a it's like a great dumb movie. You know, it's just. You're right. It's turn your brain off. Watch some dudes who have good chemistry on the screen. Kick a lot of ass. And there's lots of boobs. And um, <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. Um, I'm going to go three and a half machine guns. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm going to have to go with Hovercraft Joe with three. 
Uh, for all the same reasons. It it is. It's just it's a cute little action movie that involves no real thinking whatsoever. So it's just fun to watch. Yeah, and your time commitment is basically zero. Like if you have an hour, you could get through this <laughs> and you fast forward through the credits. So that's correct. Yeah. I, yeah, and I, I think this is one that we should say, like, this is one that I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, have no idea what we're talking about. But, like, check it out. This is one worth seeking out because, like I said, you could own it for five bucks. Yeah, it's totally worth it. It is absolutely 100% worth it to buy this movie for $5. Yeah, And, and especially if you're into the genre that this show is, you know, like 80s, 90s classic action movies. This fits yeah. perfectly into that. Yeah, you could. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I definitely recommend checking this one out for sure. Yeah, I'm so I'm glad we did this movie now. I am too. I like, was a little I, worried. You know, Sphinx, I never know with you. It's I never know with you, but I'm glad we did this movie. Well, See, yeah, the thing that made this movie okay is it wasn't trying hard to become something greater than it was. Sure, that that's what I appreciate. When you realize that you're down to earth and there's only so much you can do, then I'm okay with it for the most part. It's when you it's when you think you can go big when you have no business going big. That's when I get angry. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else you guys want to add? Yeah, I think All I got right. everything. All everything right. out. Well, great. We've been the Last Action Podcast. We are on the Games of the Media Network. And we come out every Monday, which... Hopefully you guys know that by now. Um, <laughs> we've also got plenty of other podcasts on the Games of the Media Network, uh, one of which features both Sphinx and I, Noobs and Dragons. That's our Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We've got Legend of Retro, which recently featured both Hovercraft Joe and myself uh, for the Sega CD Spider-Man game, Spider-Man vs. the Kingpin. Uh, it's That's a true. great episode. I think you will enjoy <laughs> it. Uh, you will also hear us on a future episode, or by the time this comes out, it may have already come out. There's another episode he and I are on. Um, yeah, get, listen to that episode and bring home the bacon, right? Uh, it's okay. bring home the bacon. 100% bring home the bacon. It's bring on the big guns, but no, anyway. It's bring home the bacon. Uh, anyway, uh, and then we've got uh, our Simpsons podcast, uh, Noiseland Arcade, and uh, the flagship show, GameZilla podcast, on Tuesdays. Uh, so lots of stuff for you. Uh, plenty of stuff on gamesillimeter.com. We got, uh, streamers. We got, uh, stuff on YouTube. We're all over the place. And then check us out on discord. We love to talk to people. So if you go to gamesillimeter.com and you scroll down a bit, you'll see our link to our discord. You can click on it. It'll connect you right into our discord server and join the conversation. Let us know what you think of this movie. Let us know what you think of other movies. Let us know if there's any movies you want us to cover. And, uh, you know, we'll consider it. We're not going to do all your stuff because they're probably going to be terrible, but uh, we'll do some of them. What, what is happening? Oh, sorry. I I, and uh, feel free to comment and follow us on Instagram as well. That's usually where we do most of our social media work. So we'd love to have you say hi or make a comment there as well. So don't forget Instagram. And give us a nice rating on whatever podcast app you are using to listen to our show we really appreciate that as well yeah absolutely well sphinx hovercraft joe thanks for being here today with me i really appreciate it uh you know it's lonely doing the podcast by myself sometimes it's nice to have a couple guests 
don't don't push me and Sphinx. You know we will start the laugh action podcast and leave you behind. Uh, you have the right to be dead. All right. <laughs> uh, well, that said, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. Bye.